So about 30 years ago, my grandfather died. And uh, after the luncheon, after the funeral, uh, my uncle gathered together my cousins, my sister and I, all of the grandchildren. And, uh, and he said, I have something for you from your grandfather. And he presented each one of us with a $500 check. Pretty generous, huh? Not so fast. You see, there was a, the rest of the story. What we found out was my grandfather had left instructions with my uncle to do that, and this is what he said. He said, I want you to give each of them, my grandchildren 500 bucks, and I'm going to sit up in heaven and see who blows it the fastest. So by the way, knowing that, I took mine, and I bought one ounce of platinum. I think it was about 490 bucks for an ounce of platinum then, and I still have it today worth about a thousand dollars I think hear that grandpa ha right <laughs> no seriously uh, we're in a series we're talking about this idea of generosity and and, and we want to talk about what genuine generosity is all about what does it really mean to be generous yeah I thought my grandpa was being generous but it was really kind of a test right that's not what generosity is all about and so in this series, we're talking about what it means to really have a generous heart like our generous God. I mean, I say this all the time. You are never more like God than when you are being generous. And uh, here at Trinity, we talk about our mission being to help one another, to help people look, live, and love more like Jesus. Well, if we're going to be like Jesus, we need to learn what a heart of generosity is all about. Now, this is the second week of our series. Last week we began and we, we took a look uh, last week at different ways that our God is generous because, you see, generosity isn't just about finances. And, uh, and so we looked at the fact that we have a God who is generous with his time. I mean, think about this. There is never a moment when God isn't there for you. Anytime you want to pray to him, whether it's the middle of the night, whether it's um, when you're in traffic, when it's when you're sitting there having your lunch, anytime, all you got to do is talk to God and he is there for you. He's just waiting to hear from you. He always has time. He's never too busy for you. We talked last week a little bit about how that God is not only always there for us, but he's always ready to comfort us no matter what our problem. I, I love this verse from Corinthians where it says he comforts us in all of our troubles. That means from the biggest problem, from the most uh, devastating problem in our lives to the little tiny annoyances that are, that are troubles in our lives. It doesn't matter to God. Nothing's too big or nothing's too small to bring to our God, and he's not going to be there for us. We, we talked last week a little bit how God does provide us with resources and, 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 and shower us with gifts in our life. And of course, the best gift of all he's ever given us is the gift of himself. John 3.16 says, God loved the world so much that he gave. He gave his only son. Jesus gave his life on the cross for us. And, and if that's the only thing God ever did for us, think about that. If the only thing God ever gave you was the forgiveness of sins and grace we receive in Jesus, that would be enough, wouldn't it? But he's given us so much more. He does shower our lives with blessing. We are so rich. We have so much, and all of it, everything we have, comes from the hand of our generous God. Last week, we also talked about this idea that, 
that, that God uh, has prepared a place for us. I love this. John 14, Jesus said to his disciples, uh, this is before he was about to be crucified and rise from the dead and ascend to heaven. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Think about that. You have a place reserved by God's side for eternity. That's pretty generous. Pretty amazing. So folks, as we're talking about generosity in this series, we want to make sure that you understand that this is about more than money. I mean, it is about money. We are talking about being generous with our treasures, with the things that God has given us. But it's really about more than that. It's about being generous with our time, making sure we have time for others. It's, it's being generous with our emotional support for others, that we're going to be there for people. It is about being generous with the resources that God has placed in our lives, the material blessings. But, but even more than that, it's about being hospitable, being, being welcoming to people. That's part of being generous. And, and by the way, it's really kind of interesting. A few years ago, they did a study and they looked at generations and how they view generosity. And here's what they discovered. They, they found that the older you are, the more you tend to think of generosity as simply being about money and not these other things. Uh, but by the same token, what they found is the younger you are, the more likely you are to think about like hospitality or emotional support as being uh, what generosity is all about. Um, I, I uh, was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and he said about a year ago he was preaching a sermon on generosity like this, and at the end he's, he challenged his congregation. He said, I want you to go out, and I want you to do one generous thing this week. Now, he's an older guy like me, so he's thinking money, right? Go, go bless somebody with, with, you know, give a waitress a big tip or, or, or do something like that, right? That's what he's thinking. So the next week, everybody comes back for church, and, and he's like, all right, before we start the service, I want to hear some stories. Somebody tell me something you did that was really generous this week. And, and this younger guy raises his hand right away, and he goes, yeah, what, what did you do? He said, well, I got this coworker, and, and I could tell that she was really bothered by something. And even though I had a lot of work to do, I just kind of set it aside. I just took an hour, and I just bought her a cup of coffee, and I just listened. And the pastor's like, okay, um, not exactly what I was thinking, but all right. Um, and he said, anybody else? The other person said, you know, we have this neighbor that nobody really likes, but I invited him over for dinner the other night. And he's like, you see the disconnect. And, and so, so we want to make sure in this series that we're not falling into that trap, that, that, that we're not just talking about money or just talking about time or just talking about hospitality or emotional support, but we're looking at all of that together. We're trying to see how can we be people that reflect the fact that we have a God who is generous to us in so many different ways. Now, I want to point out this verse. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, and, and I want to spend some time unpacking this verse together But today. It's, it's instructions for being generous, and it comes from the Apostle Paul. He wrote this. He said, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's an amazing scripture, and it's got some stuff in it. So I want to look at it together with you. And I'm going to start at the very beginning where, where Paul starts. He says, first of all, if you're going to be generous, he says it's something you have to decide. And the word there is a word that means in advance. In other words, it's something you have to plan for. It's something you have to pray about. It's something you have to prepare for. And folks, that's very different than the way the world around us thinks about generosity, isn't it? 
We tend to think about generosity being more spontaneous, that it's just a reaction uh, to a situation. We see a need and we just respond and we think that's what generosity is all about. But God says, no, if we really are going to have a generous heart, if we're really going to be people that are marked by generosity, that takes planning and it takes preparation. And that's one of the reasons why at least once a year here at Trinity, we do a series on generosity. And next week, we're going to challenge you to, to sit down and, and uh, take some time to pray about and think about and plan for how God is challenging you to be generous in your life. Generosity doesn't just happen. We have to be intentional about it. And that's what Paul's trying to say. But interestingly enough, as he says, that's not something that we necessarily do up here but it's something we need to make sure that we're also doing here in our heart. He says we have to decide in our heart what it is we're going to give, how we are going to be generous. And I'm, I'm sure Paul, when he wrote those words, was thinking about something that Jesus said and taught. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said these words, and I think they're, they're kind of stunning when you think about them. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Now, first of all, I think this is backwards. I mean, I would have said it differently than Jesus did. I would have said it backwards, and, and there's a brilliance in the fact that Jesus didn't say it that way. See, I would have said, if I would have said, wherever your desires are, there your treasures will be. I would say, you know, if you care about something, you're going to invest in it. You're going to invest time in it. You're going to invest resources in it if it's something that's important to you. But Jesus says it's just the opposite. He says, where, where, wherever we invest our time and our treasures, our heart will follow. And Jesus is trying to help us understand that there's this connection between our giving and our heart that you can't separate. I mean, of all the things that Jesus could have said, there your heart is also, it's the treasures that he links to our heart. I had just been at Trinity a couple of months, and a guy came up to me after church, and, uh, and, and he goes, hey, Pastor Mark, I just want to tell you, I really love your sermons. And I'm like, well, thanks. And he said, no, I want to tell you why. I really love your sermons because you never talk about money. And, and, I, and I said, give me a little time. I'll, I'll get there, right? <laughs> and, and, I, and I get it. I think sometimes people are really sensitive about the church talking about money, and there's this fear that if we talk about money, it's going to be self-serving. And there are people that say, oh, the church is just all about money. That's all the church wants is your money. So we're, we're kind of reticent to talk about it. But look at what Jesus said. Jesus said our treasures and our heart are linked. Folks, if I told you that the, thing that the one thing that Jesus said is linked to our hearts is the one thing we weren't going to talk about, I mean, basically I'd be saying we don't care about your heart, right? And that's not right. Paul is, is teaching what Jesus did, that, that we have to decide in our heart that we're going to be generous, and, and, and our generosity is closely linked to the condition of our heart, and that's important. And he unpacked that a little bit more. He says, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. See, when we're truly being generous, when it's flowing from our heart, it, there won't be any reluctance. Well, it's just we're doing it because we want to do it. And, and if, we're, if we're being truly generous, if it isn't fake generosity or imitation generosity, then, then it, we're not doing it because we feel pressured to do it. I mean, Paul believed in that so much that look at what he said. He says, literally, if you're giving of your time or of your finances, if you're, if you're giving your hospitality to someone, if you're doing that because you feel, feel pressured or under compulsion, stop, don't do it. 
Paul says, real generosity flows from a joyful heart. And I, and I love that next that quote. It's a quote of one of the Psalms. He says, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Cheerfully. Folks, I, I say this all the time. If there's ever a time when you're getting ready to give your offering here at church, or maybe you do that online, you're sitting down online and getting ready to give your gift, and you feel like you're doing it because you have to, don't do it. It should be something you look forward to. It's something that, that you do joyfully. Paul goes on to say this. He says, and God will generously provide all you need. Now, uh, I want to talk about that last word for a minute, need. A couple of weeks ago, we were getting ready for the Super Bowl, and I looked at my wife and I said, you know what? I need a bigger TV. I think my wife could get it. I was confusing wants and needs, wasn't I? And we do that all the time, folks, don't we? We say, well, I need this, or I need that, or I need that. And, and the reality is what we're really saying is, I want this, I want that, you know? Not that we need it. We have so much in our life that we don't really need, but we want it. And the problem is, sometimes the reason we can't be generous, sometimes the reason we're struggling with being generous, and again, not just with our finances, but with our time, with our attention to people, that... The, the problem is we, we confuse our wants and our needs. I, I, I need this, or I, I need to do this. And, and the reality is we've created lives where we're living paycheck to paycheck, or, or, or our lives are so busy we don't have time for other people. We don't have time for the needs of others. And that's sad. You know, if, if we fill our lives so full of stuff, or, or so full of stuff that keeps us busy, then we've got no margin to be generous to others. But there's an interesting thing Paul goes on to say. Look at this. He says this. He says, and God will generously provide all you need. He says, and then you will always have everything you need and plenty left to share. You know, there are a number of places in Scripture where God links, if we are generous, that he will be generous to us. And, uh, and there's a danger in me saying that. The danger is that what you're going to hear is, well, if I give money to God, he's going to give me lots of money, right? That's not what Scripture's trying to say. You know, it's not like the televangelist that you might have seen on TV that says, if you send me $20, I guarantee you within a month, God will give you 200 He will multiply it tenfold in your life, and then you can go spend that money on yourself. That's not at all what God's trying to say here. What he is saying here is if we prove to him that we are people that will be generous with the resources he gives us, then he's going to give us more stuff to be generous with. I mean, think about it this way. If there was someone who was really thirsty and God was trying to get some water to them, would God be better off using a garden hose or a fire hose? In other words, if we prove to God that we will be generous with a little, then he's going to give us a little to be generous with. But if we prove to God that we're going to be generous with a lot, he's going to give us a lot to be generous with. That's his promise to us. And then he says this. He says, as the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor and their good deeds will be remembered forever. Now let me ask you this. Is that why we should be generous? So that our good deeds will be remembered forever. Of course not. And that's not really what Paul's trying to say. 
fact, later on, we're going to sing a song, and in that song, we're going to say, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care what people think about me. I want them to think about Jesus. What, what, what Paul is really saying here is, he's saying, what would it be like if God's people were known for their generosity? I mean, think about that for a minute. What would it be like if, if Christians were known not for being judgmental or, or not for uh, being you know, law-oriented or, or, or not for being uncaring? What, what if Christians were known for how generous they were, first of all, with their time? I mean, imagine that. Imagine you heard this conversation at work. Someone was saying, you know, I just need somebody to listen to me. I, I just need somebody that cares about me. And, and, and they said, oh, you know who you should go see? You should go see the Christians. Because they have time for everybody, and they will listen to anybody, and they, they are generous. They're going to help you. Wouldn't that be awesome? Or, or, or people are like, I don't know, I'm out of work, I, I'm struggling, I don't know where to turn. And people are like, oh, well, you know where to turn. Don't go to the government. They're not going to help. Go to Christians. That would be awesome. What if we were known as, as the people that we're always going to be there for you, that, that you could walk into any church, any place, and you would be welcome no matter what was going on in your life. Wouldn't that be awesome? i got to tell you, there's a, there's a song, a country western song right now, and there's a line in that song, and every time I hear it, I cringe. It's a, it's a um, Ryan Hurd song, and, and the line goes like this. It says, come as you are, this place ain't got no steeple. And, uh, and, and what he's saying in the song is, by the way, the place that you can come as you are is, is a bar. He says, the bar is awesome here, you know, because you can walk in. It doesn't matter if you got your act together. It doesn't matter if your life's a mess. It doesn't matter how you're dressed. You are just welcome here. You're going to find people that are just like you here. So you are welcome here. He says, you can come as you are because this place doesn't have a steeple. In other words, what he's saying is if it did have a steeple, then you wouldn't be welcome here. If it had a steeple, in other words, he's saying, if, it, if this was a church, then you better clean up your act before you get here. Then you better make sure you're dressed the right way. Then you better make sure that, uh, that, that you've got your life together. Then you're welcome there. But here, no, you don't have to do that. Isn't that sad? It should be exactly the opposite. This should be the place where you know that you're going to find people just as broken and hurting and needy as you are. This should be the place where you know that no matter what is going on in your life, you are welcome. And we're going to give you the time that, that you need, and we're going to help you with the resources that you need, and we're going to uh, support you with the emotional support that you need, and, and you know that you always have a home in God's family. That's what we should be all about. And that's why that story that Jesus told that I want to end with today was really so brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, this, this guy comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what do I have to do so that I know I'm going to heaven, so I can inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, it's easy. Love God and love your neighbor. And then, did you notice uh, when Eric read it, he says, because he wanted to justify himself, he asked, who's my neighbor? In other words, he was saying, I know I can't love everybody, so Jesus, let me know who I'm responsible for, and I'll make sure I can handle that. And Jesus tells this story, and it's a brilliant story. He says this guy was heading down from Jerusalem to Jericho. It was a dangerous road in Jesus' day. There was lots of hills, and the thieves could hide easily, and they could ambush people, and he gets ambushed, and he gets beaten, and all his stuff is stolen, and he's left for dead by the side of the road. And the people would have been listening to Jesus tell that story and go, oh yeah, I, that happens. 
And then Jesus says, but this priest came walking along. And you could almost hear the people go, oh, good, a priest. He's going to help. But the priest steps over to the other side of the road and avoids the guy. Now, now let's give the priest the benefit of the doubt. Maybe, maybe he had somewhere he had to be right away. He just didn't have the time. Or, or maybe he knew that sometimes the thieves would leave a previous victim as a trap and, and, and it would have been a dangerous thing to stop. Or, or maybe he wanted to stop, but he didn't have any money and, and he knew this guy was going to need money and care and he just didn't have it to give. But for whatever reason, he's not generous. And Jesus says, well, this Levite comes up. And they're going, oh, well, the Levites, now the priests, you know, yeah, they can, they can be a little weird sometimes, but Levites, man, they're solid they're the ones that run everything at the temple. They, they, they've got their hands on the, on the temple coffers. They take the offerings of the people and they, they help the poor. Surely the Levite is going to help. But the Levite also steps to the other side of the road and goes right on by. And now the people are like, where's Jesus going with this story? How's this poor guy going to get some help? And Jesus says, well, the Samaritan came along and they're like, oh, brother. The last person in the world that's going to be generous is a Samaritan. But Jesus says, no, this, this guy gets off his donkey and he, and he binds up the guy's wounds. He's, he's got a first aid kit with him. He's ready. And, uh, and he takes care of the guy and he puts the guy on his donkey and, and, and he takes time. I mean, he not only cares for the guy there, but he takes him to an inn and he doesn't just drop him off at the emergency room and leave. No, he takes him to this inn and he spends the whole rest of the day and the whole evening, Jesus says, caring for the guy. And then the next morning, as he's getting ready to leave, he, he says to the innkeeper, all right, I've already paid for his bill now, and here's a couple of denarius to, to take care of the next couple of days if he needs it. And then if you need to spend more, you spend it. I'm going to come back this way, and whatever it costs to take care of this guy, I'm going to pay it. I'm good for it. Wow. Jesus says, that's what it means to love your neighbor. That's what generosity is all about. Now, I would argue that that's, that Samaritan was ready to be generous. He had prayed about it. He had prepared for it. He had his first aid kit, some extra money, some extra time. He was ready to go. And then God gave him that opportunity, and he was able to respond with a generous heart. Folks, that's what we got to be like. If we're truly going to be God's people, the kind of people he designed us to be, that's what we should be like. Would you bow your heads and would you pray with me?